0: To the Hell of a Catholic podcast. This is Father Josh from the Catholic Center.
1: This is Anthony Haskin, the pastoral lackey at the Catholic Center.
2: This is Shannon Murray, a student at Georgia Tech.
1: And uh, this is
3: Alex Tatum, the head of apologetics here at the Catholic Center.
0: Your NPR voice? I'm, trying, the out trying, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm
3: trying out the NPR radio voice. Um, later on in the program, <laughs> Anthony is going to be showing us a new jazz trio from Iceland. It's going to be a great show. <laughs> No, I've I've been listening to my for the reason we're talking about today. I've been listening to more and more podcasts, and I listened to the one I was on, and I've come to the fact that I sh- sound like a shrill eighty year old woman. So I'm trying. To, I'm one trying one to tone it down. So
0: that that actually is a pretty good yeah. description of your voice. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Oh, Thank you Father. You.
3: Yeah, that's I'll good. just cry myself to sleep tonight. And exactly. You brought it up. I'm not going to say yeah. anything. You know? it's
0: like, so. Uh, We have Shannon on the podcast for the first time today. Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're studying, uh, or or whatever you'd like to talk about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am an economics major here at Georgia Tech, and as my econ professor keeps telling us, if you're an econ major, you came here for the wrong reasons. So that's exciting and nice to know.
0: Well, so there you go. (laughs) Um, Okay, so today we are talking about... Uh, fasting and Lent and all those kind of things. Uh, As we're making this podcast, it is Mardi Gras. So tomorrow uh, we have Ash Wednesday. What's that?
2: Doom approaches. Exactly.
0: Uh, The moment of truth. The reckoning, if you will. (laughs) The time when people start to think, maybe I should give something up. (laughs) (laughs) And they arrive at some idea by the next Friday, and then they fail by Monday. That's, That's Describes the majority of the
3: Lent of my life. Okay. So,
0: okay, so we're talking about what are we talking about?
3: We are talking about uh, the A, because it's me, the historical aspects of Lent, because I always get the fun of history topics Mm -hmm. um, and fasting, and the reason. I'm bringing up fasting because if you know me, I'm not exactly like, "Oh, Alex is the pinnacle of fasting." Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah. Um, The reason I'm bringing it up is because a group of us here at the Catholic Center, um, Father Josh and I included, and to a certain extent, Shannon, who is apparently who is apparently popping bubbles over there. Um, Anthony refuses to do it, Um, but uh, we started this. The four of us,
1: (laughs) who was fasting, you'd probably. say
3: Um, We started this program called the... uh, the, Well, it's this program called the Nineveh 90, and it's specifically for the 100-year anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima, which is this year, if you didn't know. Um, And it started February... It started early in February. February 13th, and it ends May 13th. Um, And it... (laughs) And it's been rough. Um, It's no movies, no television very hearted uh, prayer schedule, but when it comes to fasting, it asks for, on Wednesdays and Fridays, bread, water, and juice only.
0: But also, I mean, it's not just that, but all the time, no sh- no sugar. No sugar,
3: yeah. no sweetened drinks, no yeah. snacks so of any kind. yeah, nothing mm-hmm. in between meals. Yeah, um, no alcohol. No alcohol. Yeah. You can see why I refused
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty intense. Um, plus, lots of exercise. Uh-huh. So, okay,
3: regular and intense exercise. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. All the there's sleep requirements.
3: You, you have, have to sleep. sleep like, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like a 25 point plan, which is exactly what I tell people not to do for Lent. It's come up with, like, a 25-point plan, but nevertheless. But this
3: isn't for Lent. Well, and the true. main thing is, is we. I mean, Lent. we've got, like, 14 guys doing it, so we so what do you, We have, what have you, a group. What are you made. giving up
0: for Lent? Are you giving up the Nineveh 90 for Lent? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like we've done it. I feel like we've, we're doing great Lent this year. <laughs> exactly. So the Nineveh 90 has our Lent covered. But the reason I was talking about it is because, A, the this is I, – I come from a Protestant background and fasting – Fasting in the Protestant view is not, yeah. is not, yeah. Why
1: are you fasting? Yeah, why are Pharisees. you fasting? You,
3: you Pharisees. Um, and then not to mention, I perennially hear my grandmother in my head going, Oh, Alex, sweetie, you know that's not good for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But And so I was really enjoying it. I don't enjoy it as much anymore. But I still, I really... <laughs> it's been two weeks. <laughs> no, I, I'm liking I'm it again. It for the first That's last, right, I'm, I'm liking it again. Yeah, uh-huh. the, I liked the first week. Second week was rough. I've recommitted to it, and I'm liking it again. And um, I really wanted to, talk A, to see kind of like the historical side of it, where Lent and this fasting comes from, if this really, if this is a Catholic, if this is just something we made up as Catholics. Um, and then after that, maybe talk a little bit about, like, what makes a good fast and what should a fast, like, a com- what should be the accomplishment of a fast? What should you look to get out of a fast? Um, All right. So that that's was kind of just introduction why I brought up the talk. Right? So, starting off, I thought it would be nice to go to the Bible it's good as a good start. place to start. And you are a convert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> are Bibles in here. <laughs> We're
3: Catholics. Um, uh, and I thought uh, we would look at first of all, first of all, what is Lent? Maybe might be a good place to start. What is Lent?
0: Something general? one removes from their belly button.
3: every (laughs) gold mine Um, (laughs) how does Lent even even get in your belly? you don't even want to think about that you don't don't. (laughs) Um, okay so what is Lent?
2: Lent is a 40 day period of fasting in preparation for Easter you're mirroring Christ's time of fasting in the desert, the 40 days on the ark, there are many many
0: does just anybody hilarious. know what the word means? Like, where does it come from?
3: I so I looked this up this morning. The word Lent is like it it, it comes from words meaning spring. Okay, like yeah. it comes from kind of at it in
0: like all the Romance languages, Latin and the yeah. Romance languages. Like, it's all it's sense. just referring to forty days. Uh
3: huh. Yeah. Right. But eventually, what it comes to, yeah, what it eventually turns into is like ha, as Pentecost means fifty days, Lent kind of means like forty days now. But it started off as like the word comes from words that kind of just meant the season. Cause I mean, Lent usually is late. Spring. I mean, it, Ash Wednesday is always late February. It's always yeah. late winter, and then a majority of Lent is during the spring, which is what makes Lent so fun. Is because as we're fasting and praying and all this, the world is awakening around mm-hmm. us, which is always Coming nice. To life. Yes, okay. and we're just like, no, not yet. <laughs> Easter hasn't yeah. happened yet. And, like, um, it's just quadragesima. It's like forty days. Yeah. <laughs> um, So, if we look at Lent, and so Shannon talks about one of the biggest things is Jesus um, fasting in the Bible, which we see in
1: Matthew in chapter 4, verse 2, which Anthony has his handy little Bible. Uh, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry.
0: That is my favorite one in the Bible. <laughs> so he has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and the only thing that they say... it And afterwards... He was hungry. was hungry. We were talking about this on the I guess it's a miracle
2: that he was dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, I only have to fast for one day and one night, and I'm hungry. Yeah,
0: and he I did, like, go. American USCCB fasting. He had one,
3: <laughs> one regular meal, meal
0: and then two, two smaller meals uh, every that day. don't
3: add up. Which, by the way, oh, want to get on Father's Josh's bad side this Lent. <laughs> go up to him on a Wednesday or Friday and be like, oh, I can't stand this fasting of the this one regular meal and two small meals, and then just watch as the rage ensues. Because at first you think bread is fun, and then you realize there's a reason we put things with it.
1: Yes. Um, I disagree. (laughs) I can eat bread. One does not live on bread alone, but I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) try.
3: But... Yeah, so here we have Jesus's. Um, this is right after, and Matthew, it happens right after he's been baptized.
1: Yeah, I have a question about that. So why do we do it right before he dies, then? Well, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> won't we? because
2: there's Nothing. not forty days between when he dies and when he's resurrected.
1: But uh, we specifically do it right before he dies. But Jesus did it before he even began his ministry. So you're saying, so like, I'm after. So you're I'm saying actually we, need, I'm not so sure. we need. So
3: little children who've just been baptized <laughs> do not eat for 40 days. Um, you say that too. Yeah, <laughs> more little babies. No. Um, so continuing on, we also, just general fasting. In the Bible, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, 16 through 18, Jesus t- is
1: talking about fasting, and this is what he has to say. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you.
0: So tomorrow, when we're fasting, you're going to get dirt on your face when you come to mass, right? And yet the Bible says to wash it off.
3: Well, it says anoint thy head, then wash thy face. Okay. So I don't know if that. So, I, well, I'm thinking that I means mean, no, really, wash it's just, everything. It's
0: just in the United States that we do ashes like this. Really? Everybody else, mm-hmm. you sprinkle it on the top of the head. Really? Yeah. Well, that's in because- Italy. In Italy, they they sprinkle the ashes on the head, so it lands in your hair, mm-hmm. right? It's not something you wear. I mean, you walk around Italy with ashes on your forehead. People are like, "What is that?"
1: What I always Black feel, old Americans. What mean. I? <laughs> I mean, that's how it was. Like in the Old Testament, he would yeah. wear sackcloth and put ashes on his head. Yeah. When we say on his head, they didn't say on his face.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I always I always feel bad because you can notice, like, especially with Kit, with like the teenagers and young adults who have acne problems, and like they left their ashes on all night all day so then when they wash it off the next
1: day you see like a pimple cross that is formed on oh, their forehead. Right. Oh no! I always feel uh, bad yeah. You'll see that, yeah. Oh that's sad. Thomas but, um, was bewailing having to put ashes on women because they always have their hair in the way. So <sighs> I told him I'm going to put my hair down tomorrow just to spite him. <laughs> <Nice>. be-, <laughs> be women, yeah. Um, it was Thomas, it was weak. very but
3: exaggerated. The point scene is like Jesus is I mean, the whole thing is like the, one of the arguments is like we made up fasting, and here is Jesus not only doing it himself, but then talking about how you should do it.
0: I've actually never heard the argument. That somebody said that Catholics just invented fasting.
3: That, that it's just one of the things. It's like, well, no, it's not. We okay, excuse me, not invented it, but we do it because the Jew, the Pharisaical Jews did it, oh, and God. that's okay. showing okay. our it's showing our Pharisaicalness as Catholics. Um, and then fi- and then finally, just a further. Go the point, because then the argument is, is that Jesus did it because he was—I mean, he hadn't broken the law yet by death. He hadn't broken the Jewish law, so the but reason he been he's released fasting, from that yeah, in the same way
0: that I—I I can eat bacon,
3: yeah. And that is like we've been released from that now. It's so Wednesday or Friday, <laughs> yeah. And he's like no one, and so he's like so no one, and no one in the Bible is fasting after Jesus is dead. But then we go to Acts um, chapter thirteen verse two and then chapter fourteen verse twenty two. And what do we hear, Anthony?
1: While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. and then fourteen twenty two it's twenty three. Twenty-three, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they believed. So here we have in the Acts the apostles talking about them going, them actively fasting.
3: Um, so then, leaving the Bible, I then have my fun little. Um, I have some fun historical facts about this. Um, so first one, this will be determined. By. <laughs> they're very fun. First, we have Saint Leo in the in the four hundreds that talks about how he exhorts his hearers to abstain that they may fulfill with their fast the apostolic institution of the forty days. Or in the Latin, if you'd rather, ut apostolica institutio quadraginta darium jerunis <laughs> impelator <laughs> Your pronunciation
0: is oh, just delightful. Thank you.
3: <laughs> thank you. And then the historian Socrates and Saint Jerome use similar language. And so it was seen that this um, the 40 days this 40-day fasting comes from the apostles. Now, there's current critics today that question that if it really did come from the apostles. But what is clear and Saint Irenaeus talks about and Saint Irenaeus is h- the late hundreds. This is He's the spiritual grandson of John. Um, and he writes in a letter to Pope Linus, For some think they ought to fast for one day, others for two, and others even for several, while others reckon 40 hours both of day and night to their fast. So it's talking about this idea that fasting is going on specifically before Easter. This idea that the apostles have maybe not 40 days, but specifically there's some fasting going on before Easter Tertullian um, talks about how fasting should be done on the days the bridegroom was taken away Friday and Saturday Um, and then St. Athanasius of course has a quote on fasting um, now, is this the person or the gun? St. Athanasius, the person. Okay. Not the Nerf not gun. Not the Nerf gun.
2: But the Nerf gun will defend it.
3: The Nerf gun will defend. Yes. Got it. So nobody's going to know what that
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's the Nerf gun of heresy. It's called St. Athanasius. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the next podcast. You'll get <laughs> <laughs> it.
3: Listen to the RCI podcast. You'll get it. Um, so St. Athanasius talks about um, uh, how there was, fa- in the time of St. Athanasius in Alexandria, there is a 40-day fast that did not include Holy Week. And that and that this is what he said. To the end of the world is fasting we who are in Egypt should not become a laughing stock as the only people who do not fast, but take our pleasures in those days. So we see and, and Saint Athanasius is the three hundreds, and so we're taught, and he and he's doing it from a standpoint of people of Alexandria fast, or the rest of the church is gonna laugh at you. Um but and then so we also look at like Shannon said we have Christ 40 days but we see the number 40 as like a trial as like a trial um Noah on the ark uh, Moses in the desert and then we also see um Elijah's though it's I don't think Elijah's is 40 days but we see Elijah's exile to the desert this this going this time of going and prayer and fasting um and actually Saint Irenaeus talked about the forty hours because in tradition it's believed that Jesus spent forty hours in the tomb mm. from death to resurrection. So this again we see this number of forty. Um, and it's we start to see it in the in the fifth um, century we really start to see in Rome this the six weeks of Lent coming about um, and the row and the Romans they would do three weeks of fasting, the first, the fourth, and the sixth week, and those would also coincide with when the scrutinies were done for for candidates, um, for those seeking, ba- well, for catechumens, those seeking baptism. But especially in the West, who really brought fasting and lent home to us was St. Ambrose, who originally said um, they were doing uh, 36 days um they are doing a 36-day fast, um, not counting Sundays. And the reason he kept it as 36 is because he felt 36 was 10% of the year. So as we should give 10% of our wealth, we also give 10% of our time to the church at Lent. Um, And then it was later extended to 40, and that's why we have it on Ash Wednesday, because it's 40 days from Ash Wednesday to, um, well, to Holy Thursday, from...
0: It's from ash wednesday to holy thursday not counting holy thursday not counting holy thursday and, and not counting and taking Sundays. out the Sundays, yeah it's 40 days
3: um and what is the big thing um but even if you go to supposedly even if you go to milan the ambrosian churches will still only do it they they will start lent the sunday after we do
0: mm-hmm.
3: supposedly because they, they they just keep that because i mean that is a beautiful tradition kind of that giving 10 percent of it back to god but specifically for what fasting looked like, um, we had this idea, and it talks about these church fathers would talk about from the apostles, that this idea, even from the days of the apostles, of like Fridays, like Sundays always being like Easter. Even when it's not Easter, Sunday always being like Easter, and Friday always kind of being like a little Good Friday. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there should always sort of be some sort of fasting and abstinence that happens on Friday, which, I mean, which is a tradition we still carry. I mean, even when it's not Lent, you know, the church says that you should have some sort of abstinence on Friday, even if it's not giving up. Even if it's not giving up meat. you Well, still the church says meat. to give up
0: meat. Yeah, the United the States bishops wrote. say that you can replace that with something else.
3: But it, the point is that some, yeah. some, por- some sort of mortification mm-hmm. still yeah. needs to be happening on Fridays. Um, and th- so then, because my goal is to bring her up on all canonical podcasts, uh, St. Helen... Um, there's a book written about Saint Helen by Eve- I think it's Evelyn Wall, the guy who wrote Bry's Head Revisited. Evelyn Wall. Yeah, Evelyn Waugh. Mm-hmm. He wrote a semi biographical novel of Saint Helena, which is really good for people who like really want to get into Saint stories. Cause What's it-, it called? It's Saint. It's called Saint Helen. I
0: never knew that.
3: Or Saint Helen. Yeah, it's called Saint Helena, and it's really good. It's short. It took me three days to read it, and I hate reading. Um, like Brian's Head <laughs> Revisited, that's a great book. Uh. I, yeah, Brian, I've heard Brian's Head Revisited is really good. But it's really good, and it tells the story of St. Helena. And it gets to the point where she's in Jerusalem, and it talks about their fasting. And realize this is early 300s. And it talks about how, especially in Jerusalem, and especially in heavily Jewish areas, they would also not fast on Saturdays. So you wouldn't fast on Saturdays, you wouldn't fast on Saturdays. The two holy days, as they would see it. But then during the rest of the week... You were eating what he describes it as is like glob, like a flavorless oatmeal mush, mm. and that is what you're eating for Lent. It's like this fasting idea. So, are you taking that
0: up for Lent? Yeah, the I'll make this glob. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I assume it. What, what I, what I assume the way cool. he describes it, I see it as flavorless. Like if you literally just put oats Cruel. in water. Gruel, yeah. Mm. This idea of gruel, was it, like what Brit, what British child, like Oliver Twist style, what yes. British children were getting in orphanages.
2: Some
0: mall Yeah,
3: mall gruel. You were saying something, some. Shannon. Was
2: Saint Athanasius the one that you were saying was talking about Lent being forty days before Holy Week?
3: Or? Yes. Yeah. And what? I, and so I assume he's ta- he's talking about the rum, Willie, really, but it was in he,
2: the Eastern Catholic churches. They still start. Uh, Lent on Monday before Ash Wednesday. That's right, and yeah. they exclude Holy Week in their 40-day count.
3: Yeah. Well, and the whole point was, is even, like, even you're fasting during Lent, it should be, like, preparing you for, then, the fast of Holy Week. Exactly. It's, but, like, because it, the fast of Holy Week is... A whole new level. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But
2: they have, like, Meat Fair Sunday, which is the day. it's... Two Sundays before Lent starts. Meat
3: Fair Sunday. Meat Fair
2: Sunday. You get rid the of all of, of your meats. meat, and you're not supposed oh, to eat meat again until Easter, right? <laughs> wow! And then Cheese Fair. But Sunday. so it's a
3: meat festival,
2: essentially. But carnival. like you yeah. finish all of your meat, and you don't eat any again until Easter. That's, that's a And great you do day. the same thing with cheese on Cheese Fair Sunday, which is the Sunday before yeah,
1: Lent starts. No so two yeah, weeks. So, no cheese,
2: no dairy, so no meat. Two
3: weeks and a week before Lent. Find your nearest Eastern Catholic church. Yes.
2: And then on Easter, like after the Easter vigil, I don't know if they do it after the Sunday masses, but they do the blessing of the Easter baskets, which is like, your bread and like everything that you gave up during Lent. Like, Wait, so it's ham, not just eggs, do that and...
0: Sunday morning,
3: so, Saturday morning. Yeah. So it's not just it's not just no meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. It's no meat at all.
2: That's the like historical tradition. Now mm-hmm. during Lent, they just they still maintain no meat on Wednesdays, no meat on Fridays. But
3: I I and I couldn't find a really good answer for this. But is that I mean is there a reason Wednesday is particularly such a penitential day? I mean, is it just because Ash Wednesday makes it forty? Is why Wednesday is looked at
1: Anthony. You're I a think that might major. be. It. I think it literally yeah. might be once it got moved to Ash Wednesday, then they. Because that's what I was like the Ashes, yeah. you know, are a sign of yes. repentance or right. whatnot, turning back to
2: the, the Eastern the meet Free Wednesday throughout Lent, though.
3: Well, and what I also like is Lent is like one of the few things we still have because we had a history of. Like, I mean, Catholic tradition
1: is before there's a great feast, there should be some sort of fast. Well, the Easterns do, I mean, they fast, like, before the Assumption for at least two weeks. I think it's maybe more. And they fast during Advent as well. Yeah.
2: But I believe they're supposed to fast on the day before Solemnities. And Although the day before. I don't know
3: how. Well, we used it. to have, what, Ember Days? Yeah. Ember mm-hmm. Days in the Catholic Church, were, were, which were fast days.
0: But also Septuagesima,
3: oh, which yeah. we're
0: in right now, the 70 days. Mm-hmm. Right, so the thirty days leading up to Lent were supposed to be preparation right. for.
1: So they'll start 40 wearing purple. Days, right, then. so it's yeah. like
0: I don't I don't remember all the rules, but it's like uh, in the old Mass, you'd start wearing violet.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, you still said the Gloria, but you did something. Else. Oh, you stopped saying the Alleluia. You started yep. using the tract. The tract. Okay. And a mi- the minor fast began uh-huh. before the okay. great fast. I don't know what the difference between those two. Yeah. Are,
1: okay. Right. I got surprised. I went over and to Milton, and I, and I was like. We're purple, Like, what yeah. day is it? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, oh yeah. well, it's, it's up to Jesus. <laughs> well, and it was also like, um,
3: and this is this is still prevalent in Italian families. Is is I mean, Christmas Eve is, was one of the greatest, was one of the greater fast days preparing for Christmas. And then you would see, like, these Italian families who would start having fish dishes for Christmas dinner. And, like, this Feast of the Seven Fishes and like Chiappino, the fish stew. And like you see there's still prevalence of this in our society, but it's like I mean at this point as cap trying to get people to do something for lent is just considered overbearing and ridiculous. And it's like we used to I mean lent just was I mean lent obviously should be the greatest fast time, but I mean it was just it was just part of what was a tradition of fasting. Um, so then, I, I guess my then my question that I kind of open because I've kind of I've taken over with the historical side. But then my question, like coming out, is like what sh- what should what should a fast do, and what's like a good way like if you you listen to this and you're like you know what this is good, I would like to start intermittent. Like what is a like what's a good way to start implementing fast, and not to mention hopefully this will come out for Lent. So like people thinking about incorporating fasting into their Lent, what's a What's a good?
2: I have a question though. How many people are actually listening to our podcast who are not planning on fasting during Lent?
1: You'd be surprised. But maybe this might inspire them to do something more challenging. Don't poo poo the the podcast when
3: you're on the podcast, (laughs) Shannon. This is how you don't. This is how you don't get invited back.
2: I love the podcast. (laughs) I'm just asking.
3: Okay, or then and then not to mention what makes a good fast. Like, what should be the point of the fast?
2: I think like that's a better question.
3: Yeah, because like obviously for me, obviously for me, very vainly, I mean, there is part of the fast that like if I'm doing this for ninety days, I'm going to look drastically different than I do now, and like, and is that necessarily a good thing or is that a bad? I mean, vanity should not be a reason for a fast, but like th- that—that's the kind of conversation. So, opening that up, what do you guys have to say? Because I'm sick of talking. <laughs>
1: that's the <a> first. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of a misconception some people have about Lent. They try, they want to give something up that's like a bad habit or something, which yeah. is a good thing. Like if you want to get rid of a bad habit, that's fine. But they they kind of miss the like the point of the fast, I guess. Like to improve yourself is good, but I think the point of especially a Lenten fast is more to deny yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm giving up something that I. That isn't, a, it's not bad for me if I'm giving up something good to deny myself in order to put myself in Christ's position, like to align myself with his own suffering throughout these 40 days. Which I think I'll,
2: your point is like, reflected in a lot of people who essentially treat Lent as like New Year's resolution yeah. yeah. Like that's not Should point. fasting
3: be hard? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I
2: think it should suck, whether it's difficult or just... It's not fun.
3: Uh-huh.
0: I don't think it's going to be fun. Um, it depends on what you mean by heart.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. Like you can get good from it, but there should. But sh- if you're fasting, should there be times where like you wish you weren't doing this?
0: Well, it depends. Like, what about somebody who really doesn't enjoy eating? Right. There are people like that. I don't understand them. But um, <laughs> people who
3: just don't enjoy that. or or Skirts the idea of, the
0: of, or what about somebody who's anorexic? Right, the idea mm-hmm. of not eating to them is very appealing.
3: Well, that's the—I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you have—I mean, if you do suffer from an eating disorder, obviously, I don't think fasting is the way to go. If anything, you should be—if you suffer
0: from an eating disorder, you should not fast from food at all, ever, without talking to. A doctor or a spiritual director or something like that. Mm-hmm.
3: Even if, would that also extend to even if you've had it in the past and have, like, overcome it? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Okay. You've got to talk
3: to somebody about that because that's an easy
0: way to get yourself in trouble again.
1: Okay. Well, okay. this brings up the question, then, about fasting in terms, does fasting have to pertain to food, then? In terms, especially with Lent, okay. lots our of people lent, give up.
0: Our Lent obligations, I mean, we use fast in a broad way, okay. yeah. right? The idea, I think, in Lent today is to do something that's going to somehow accomplish uh, a greater closeness or openness to God's grace during those 40 days. But if we're talking about fasting specifically, right? Uh I will point out it is fascinating to me how many people will pick something for Lent that doesn't require them to give up something that's really close to their heart right? So it's like, I'll choose to add something rather than to give something up Mm -hmm. because I don't want to have to give something up that's close to my heart, but I'm happy to add something for 40 days that I can then drop later because it doesn't actually require me to change my life, right? Uh But fasting, properly speaking, is to give something up that's good simply for the sake of making space for that which is better
3: which is God. Right. And it should be something that, like, I, I know you've made the argument before about chocolate. If you eat chocolate <laughs> once, twice a week, that's not really well, giving I, up what, what I say is,
0: like, do something that's keeping you from growing in your relationship with God. If chocolate is keeping you from growing in your relationship with God, do give it, it up. Yeah, But if that's not keeping you from growing in your relationship with God, that's not something to give up, right? Mm-hmm. If sitting and watching TV instead of attending to your family is keeping you from growing in your relationship with God, which it is if you're sitting and watching TV, Give up TV? Now that's something to give up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to do something. We should do something that's actually bringing us closer to God and to the life that God has called us to live.
3: So that being said, is fasting a good? I mean, is fasting a good vessel for that?
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we could have a whole other podcast about how the virtues are linked and how fasting being a method of growing in temperance helps with anything that someone needs temperance in order to overcome, which is basically all of our sensible passions are governed by justice and temperance. Generally speaking, fortitude plays in there some, but justice and temperance is most of our sensible passions. So all the things that we do, right? Any type of, obviously any type of gluttony, any type of lust, any type of laziness, uh, any of those kind of things, like people that struggle with those things, Fasting is going to help them. with would that.
3: Would you also say greed would go into that too, greed, or is that kind of a different thing?
0: Yes and no, but greed is more of a it's it's a violation of justice. Um, and there's other ways to better to better better address justice. Temperance is really more perfectly addressed by fasting. Okay. Hmm. Um,
1: well, you said it as like our Lenten obligation. We're not we're called not just to fasting, but to prayer and almsgiving. So, should we explain? I guess what those are. I mean, people hopefully that are listening know what prayer is. Well, but- prayer, praying, <laughs> pray, and then alms
3: giving, giving, giving to the poor. Not necessarily wait, not necessarily money, but giving like giving time or whatever.
0: Yeah, but an alms, alms is money. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing, right? The other thing that we'll do, all the hoops that we will create and jump through to keep from having to give away money. Mm-hmm. Remember, Jesus Christ did not say over and over again that money was going to that that things other than money were going to keep you from heaven. He said he didn't say like giving away my old, you know, an old pair of shoes. He didn't say your old <laughs> shoes are going to keep you from heaven. Uh, mm-hmm. He said love of money. Yeah. Right?
3: Uh-huh.
0: Um, money is the thing. I mean, it's hard for us to part with it. And there are no end to the justifications that we will come up with to keep from giving it away.
3: If somebody, uh, focusing on those three elements, what would you say would be a good thing as far as almsgiving is concerned, if like you wanted to address that for Lent?
0: Well, my, my overall recommendation for Lent for v- the vast majority of people is you have to evaluate whether you've ever had a good Lent.
3: Mm-hmm. If
0: you have never had a good Lent, I say just pick one thing. Okay, Just one thing and do it well. Right. Now, if you're the kind of person who's had a number of good Lents and you always you're basically able to keep the thing that you give up, then the three pronged approach, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, to to add something that has to do with prayer, we don't take that away. Of course <laughs> To add something that has to do with prayer. And the one that I most recommend to people is either attending daily mass, if that's possible for you, or a really good one is the short visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. Right? You just pop in the church, you're there for one minute you tell jesus thank you for the things that are going on in your life you pray for your family you pray for your friends you're there you're in you're out bada bing you're done right um uh, so that's prayer um fasting we've talked about ad nauseum which is also sometimes a product of fasting Uh, then almsgiving of course um uh choosing to give something away. And again, you could do this in a way that maybe even relates to fasting. Maybe you say that what I'm going to do is something that I would normally buy during the week. If you're the kind of person that stops to get a cup of coffee or if you're the kind of person that eats out um, a lot or even just once or twice a week or something like that. Maybe you say during Lent, I am going to choose not to do that as part of my fast. And then I'm going to take the money that I would have spent on that. And I'm going to give it to some cause um ideally this is a cause that is going to assist people in growing in holiness because that's what holiness that's what Lent mm-hmm. is about. Mm-hmm. Uh probably not the humane society or you know funding whatever it is that people give money to. But something that's going to increase in holiness, whether it's your parish or whether it's some other sort of church organization or something else like that. Okay. Um that's a, a good basic plan for Lent.
3: If you break your fast. Get right it...
0: back on the train.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Get right back on the train. If you did it intentionally, you committed a sin, you need to go to confession, although it's not a mortal sin. Okay. If you mm-hmm. intentionally break, if you know you're not supposed to eat meat on Friday, and you say, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway, that's more questionable. Yeah. You definitely okay. need to, you got to <laughs> gotta get to confession
3: about that. Okay.
0: Now, it, accidentally doing it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But...
3: Like you, so, com- you completely for you're at breakfast. You completely forget. Yeah, it's I Friday. just finished my.
0: I just finished my chicken biscuit, and I'm like, mm. "What's?" Maybe it was a vegetarian chicken. Um,
3: Great. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
2: What's the protocol on like you take your second bite of your ch- chicken biscuit and realize it's Friday?
3: And then well, What
2: do I do
0: if I've d- ever done that, I say, "Well, you know what? My lack of attentiveness to this." I'm not going to pay for by not finishing this.
3: Okay. All oh, right. Okay.
0: That's what I do. Um I'm not saying somebody has to do that, but I would love to hear a reason why you
3: shouldn't. Yeah. Don't waste food, father. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, let's say, like, don't f- offend God.
0: <laughs> you know. The other thing I tell people is, like, if you're the kind of person that forgets Fridays during Lent, we all carry around Finalize. these supercomputers in our pocket. Right? Like, set Jeez. the alarms. <laughs> set Friday, the alarms Friday, to tell uh, you.
1: I have, Friday, I have mine set. Friday. I have mine set. <laughs> gotta get make on that Friday. your alarm. <laughs> I
0: don't have to worry about it now because uh, it's doing the ninth of a ninety. Easter Friday, go. I'm not gonna have meat.
3: <laughs> well, now the octave. It says. It says. Kind of lessen up on the octave. That's right. I'm going half on the octave? octave, in the literal sense. Now, what's gonna, what is gonna, what this men of the '90s is gonna do is come, Our Lady of Fatima is gonna be the greatest
1: thing. It's in gonna the be history. the greatest yeah. bacchanalia. The- um, so let's say, let's say I have a friend who has me over for dinner on a Friday. A friend who's not. <laughs> Catholic, and then they happen to be serving meat for their dinner. So if you get
0: invited someplace on a Friday during Lent, uh you need to make it clear to the person that you can't have meat. Yeah. Right? Your obligation is first to God and second to man. Okay. Right? So even if you happen to show up and that's just not what they're doing, then you just have to tell them, and I know it's going to be uncomfortable and all that Uh kind of stuff, but you just have to tell them, I'm sorry, I can't have meat today. It's, It's a Friday during Lent. Don't feel bad. I'm going to eat all the other stuff. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Right? But the best thing to do is tell them in advance. Or better yet, don't go out on Fridays during Lent.
3: It's just a bad idea. uh It's your Aunt Carol. She lives in rural Calhoun County, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. The best thing she makes is her pot roast. Tell and her this you'll is take probably to go. she's probably and she's going to die tomorrow. Alex you're she has the yourself. gift of prophecy that she is going to die tomorrow and the last thing what is she making she you walk? Want- <laughs> because that's, of hospital. Hospital. <laughs> that's a kind of
0: Then you woman know what you need to do? Aunt
3: Carol. In, is. in this
0: last day of her life, you need to introduce her <laughs> to the beautiful Spanish tradition of starting dinner at 11 p.m. <laughs> and then you just chat for an hour <laughs> and at 12:01 <laughs> you dive uh, into that pot. Uh, okay, uh, okay. And then-
2: alternatively, you could introduce her to the one true faith on that last day of her life. The she's
3: she's, she's delusional at her old age. How dare you question the well, morality in, of, in, of in that Carol. that she's, she's, she's probably
0: thinking you're eating the pot roast even if you're not.
3: So it'll be. Fine. You know what? That's a very good point. Okay. <laughs> Just slap Aunt Carol across the face. <laughs> Get that's that right. pot roast out
0: of here! All right, well, Aunt Carol, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> we we're, 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 uh, we're really sorry. We're praying for oh, you.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> praying for you. <laughs> and your pot and your right. roast. <laughs> the Catholic Church hates meat. Oh, here we the, go. There's, there's, always a, the oh, oh, um, right. there's always the fillet of fish.
1: That's right. There's always the fillet. The filet fish. Yeah, right. just do pasta with no that's no right. meat sauce. Or just bread. Or cheese pizza.
3: There is no reason to not order pizza. a cheese pizza. Or a veggie just pizza or something yeah. like that. There are, every person listening pizza to this podcast Atlanta. has three pizza places that There's deliver always to tofu. Don't even. <laughs> the true mortification.
0: <laughs> if you have questions or comments, <laughs> please. <laughs> please email us at podcast.gtcatholic.org. At and thank you and God bless.
3: But never tofu.